so this is number six in our series on feelings, reigning over our emotions, and this will be the last one. Um, that doesn't mean that it ends, because this is actually what it means to live as a Christian. And this is something that we have to continually renew our minds to. Because we're going from glory to glory. This is, we, you, are, you, have, you have every, God, God has given you everything that you need. We just have to unpack it. We just have to open it up. We just have to learn to partner, learn to not fight against what He has done. I mean, the very simple thing of our confession this morning, that you are altogether awesome, just ask my dad. You would be shocked at how many people have a hard time saying that. That they do not really believe that God thinks you're awesome. And where do they get this idea from? From religion. Because we're constantly speaking about the carnal nature rather than the real us. The real you. And in 1 Thessalonians, we read this last week, and you need, we need to read it again because we've got to get it through our minds. It says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. Sanctification is given to us by God. God is the sanctifier. And then we walk that sanctification out by faith. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a triune being. And, and there's such beautiful imagery within Scripture from the Old Testament of physical things. Pastor Tom earlier talked about the temple of God and how we now are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God lives in us. So once again, heaven meets earth. Dare I say, a new heaven and a new earth? We'll get into that when we teach on Hebrews. Um, but you are a spirit. You are created like God. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. The temple had the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. You have a, the body, the outer court. You have a soul, the inner court. You have the holy of holies, your spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. We are a new creation. If you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the Scriptures say that you have become a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And if you understand that that is what the New Testament is teaching, it will revolutionize Scripture. As new creations in Christ, we must learn to live accordingly. You must learn to live accordingly. See, the pro- <laughs> I, I, 
it's been a while since I shared this this story with you, so bear with me if you've heard it many times from me. But we need to understand this. That there was there was a there was a young man, he wanted to go to the Americas. He had no family. He was an orphan. And um, he had a benefactor that paid for his ticket to go to what they believed was the promised land. And he got the ticket and um, he boarded the ship and he was, they were coming across the ocean and um, all he had, all he had was a little handkerchief with sardines and crackers in it. And every day, he'd get his sardines and crackers and eat it out on the deck. But as he sat on the deck, he looked into the dining hall. And in the dining hall, people were eating. There was great feasting. It was like a buffet. They could have whatever they wanted. People were laughing. They were celebrating. There was music. There was all these things happening. And the young man says, I can only imagine what it would be like to be in that. And as the trip went on and went on sooner or later, his sardines lost, ran out, his crackers ran out. And he fasted for the rest of the journey and watched other people eat. And when they finally came into Ellis Island, the port, he's seen the Americas, people started unloading, and as he was leaving, one of the stewards of the ship stopped him and said, young man, can I ask you a question? He goes, why did I never see you in the dining hall? I never seen you eating. And the young man said, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. I, all I had was my ticket and, and I, couldn't, I didn't have money to eat in the dining hall. And the steward looked at the young man and said, young man, your ticket included the dining hall. See, us as new creations in Christ Jesus, our born-again Spirit has everything in it for life and godliness. We are not lacking anything in Him. It says all the promises of God find their yes and their amen in Jesus. And you are in Jesus. You have become one Spirit with Him. It says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Are you physically seated up in heaven? No. So what does that mean? It means you are one spirit with Him. If He's seated at the right hand of the Father, guess where you're seated? Right there with Him as you operate and live on earth. Heaven meets earth. You are a new creation. a new heaven and a new earth. If you're going to reign over our emotions and control our feelings rather than being controlled by them, we must learn to live by the Spirit. We are in a society where philosophies of men, the kingdom of darkness, is, are constantly pressuring people to live by how they feel. To be controlled by how they feel. Why would someone want people to live by their feelings? 
even though we know that no one makes a wise decision in the midst of high emotions. No one, people that live by their feelings are constantly being tossed to and fro because their feelings are always changing. Why would, why would anyone want people to live by feelings? It's simple. If you can get people to live by their feelings, you can control them because you can manipulate their feelings. And we need to awaken that yes, we do have feelings, yes, we do have emotions, but we have something even greater than that. We have a spirit that is put within us. And we don't have to be led by our emotions. We don't have to let our emotions manipulate us. We can walk in the Spirit and not gratify the lusts of the flesh. Before we dive into this, I want to be clear on something. Last week we talked about, about the flesh and we talked about these things. And, and I want you to understand, what this, this is what I'm not saying. I am not saying that the world, the flesh, physical things, experiences, emotions, feelings, any of those things are evil. Because a lot of times we hear religious people making it sound like our flesh is evil. Your flesh is not evil. The world is not evil. I'm talking about the physical, physical world. God made it. And He made it and He said it was good. Your, you enjoying life is not evil. See, this was a teaching. This, I don't know if you guys are interested in this stuff. This was a teaching that the early church was fighting against. It was a Greek philosophy. It was Gnosticism. And Gnosticism said that everything physical is evil and the only thing that is good is spiritual. So, you would debase yourself physically. You would, you would not enjoy life. This is... Can I be real with you? This is where, this is where the teaching in, of, of, well, it's Valentine's. Where, where sex is only for procreation. Because you can't enjoy it because it's, because it's of the flesh and it's evil. This is where people said, since everything's evil, I'm going to shut myself away in a monastery and shun all the pleasures of life. They, go, they went so as far, far to say that because flesh is evil, that Jesus really didn't come in the flesh. He came just spiritually. And you know what John said about that? He said that's the spirit of Antichrist. So that was one side of Gnosticism. That because the flesh is evil, we need to shun and, and crucify and, and fast and, and um, 
Remove all pleasures from life. Because everything good is only spiritual. There was another side of Gnosticism. We'll get to that towards the end. But I want you to understand what I'm not saying. God created you for joy. God created you for love. God created you for happiness and to enjoy life and to experience things. They're gifts from God. They're gifts from God. So what am I saying? If that's not what I'm saying, what am I saying? I'm saying that physical pleasure or physical emotions or physical feelings should not control or even lead us in life. Even though they're not evil, if they get out of balance, if they start leading and controlling and and you become the slave and they become the master, then it becomes evil. You understand that? We are not to have we are to have control over all things and bring these things under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? So now that we're clear, because you guys said you understood it, let's jump into it. In uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, In Him, so who is Him? Jesus, right? In Him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, you, you were sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit. When you made Jesus Christ of your life and you became in Him, you became one Spirit with Him, it says that you were sealed by Holy Spirit. You were sealed by Holy Spirit. When we're made new creations, by being born again, we are given brand new spirits. The Bible says that we become new creations. A creation that never existed before. We become new creatures. Old things pass away. All things become new. This is talking about you. This should get you happy, happy, happy. And like I said, in a way, we have entered into a new heavens and a new earth. And are in the process of that reality increasing in the earth. Now you can disagree with me, but I believe that the glory of God and the increasing of His kingdom is happening in the earth. We're not going backwards. God is continually redeeming humanity. You might think we got it bad now. I would not want to live at any other period in human history. <laughs> Look at what Romans says. In Romans chapter 8, verse 19, it says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. See, this is something that's being revealed. This is something that's continually coming. It says, For the creation was subject to fertility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So all creation is longing for the redeeming to be set free from, from the bondage 
of this fallen world. And it says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. What's childbirth mean? That means something's going to be birthed. Something's coming. It, it's, it, we're not looking... Ah, oh, man, Lord, why you, you give me hard things to say. We're not looking for a future abortion. We're looking for a future birth. And not only, <laughs> and not only creation, but we ourselves had the first fruits. We have the first fruits of this new creation. We have the first fruits of the Spirit groaning inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoptions of sons and the redemption of our bodies. Do you know one day, this flesh suit that you were wearing, remember we're a spirit, we have a soul, we have a body, that our very bodies will be transformed in the blinking, blink of an eye. We will be like Him. We have, but we've got to understand that we have, we have, we have, we have the first fruits. We have been recreated in righteousness and true holiness. That is who you are. You are not trying to be righteous. You did not come to church today to earn brownie points with God. If you did, guess what? You wasted your time. Church isn't about trying to be righteous. You, church, coming together as, as the bride, coming together and edifying one another in, in Christ and in the Word is not about trying to become righteous. It's because that's what righteous people do. We were recreated in righteousness. We were recreated in true holiness. We have, listen, no sin or impurity in our new spirits at all. At all. So if you're a spirit, you can no longer, if you're born again, a recreated spirit, you can no longer say, I'm just a sinner. Can't use that excuse, men, anymore. Do something wrong with your, and, and you just say, spouse, well, I'm sorry, you know, I'm just a sinner after all. I mean, you hear people say this. You're not. There is no sin. There is no contamination. You, sin literally means to miss the mark. Guess what? You're not even shooting at the mark anymore. You have become one with the mark. We have been sealed, it says, with the Holy Spirit of promise. What happens when you seal something? It keeps things out. Right? You seal a jar. You, you know, women... My daughter, it's funny how people, it seems like we're going backwards and things, but she's getting into canning and stuff like that. And you've got to put it in the pressure cooker. Is that right? Yeah. And it seals, seals the lids. I just eat it. I don't know. But, but it seals it, and then you can store it forever almost. Why? Because it's sealed and no contamination can get into it. This is what he's telling us. He says, when you were born again, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And no contamination can ever, ever get in. You are eternally secure in Him. 
Amen. You'll be surprised at how many people will fight you on that. Because you, you, the, the, you are not the initiator or the perfecter of your faith. Jesus is. He initiated it and He perfected it. And we get to enjoy it. We have no sin. That, that's our eternal security. We have been sealed from sins and contamination forever. Praise the Lord. That's the good, this is good news. Isn't it good news that forever and ever and ever you don't ever have to worry about losing your salvation. You don't ever have to worry about being contaminated by sin. You don't ever have to worry about God leaving or forsaking you. That's such good news. They should call that the Gospel. Yeah. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, it says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels and festal gatherings and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of of the righteous made perfect. Here in Hebrews, it's describing the new creation. We don't come to Mount Sinai. We come to Mount Zion. The new Jerusalem. We are part of the assembly of the firstborn. You are enrolled, it says, into heaven. You are those spirits that are righteous and made perfect. See, the problem is the lack of understanding these new creation realities causes a roller coaster type Christianity. A roller type. Let me, let me ask you if this is, you've ever experienced this in your life. That when you're doing good, made it to church four weeks in a row. You even read, read the Bible a little bit. You even listened to Christian radio all week long. You haven't gotten into any major fights with your spouse. You pet the cat instead of kick the cat. You even gave some money to the poor. When that's going on in your life, you're flying high. You're up on the mountain. Everything's good. God loves you, right? Because you're so lovey, lovable. You know, you're doing so good. God loves me. Everything's good. And then, spouse says something that pushes that button. Cat makes a mess on the rug. Money becomes tight. All of these things start happening. You start grumbling. You start complaining. You get angry. You, get, you start backbiting. You, you, you start... You don't feel like reading your Bible. And you don't feel like, if my life's like this, God must not love me. So you don't go to church. And all this stuff happens. And now you're in the valley. You're in the valley. 
because God is so far away from me. God doesn't love me. I have to earn myself. I've got to climb. I've got to put the cross on my back and climb up that hill to get to the top again. Have you ever experienced that? I know I'm dramatizing. We're not spo- we are not supposed to have mountaintop and valley experiences with God. It says that He brings the low places high and brings the high places low. Our relationship with God is supposed to be continually the same no matter what. Why? Because it's not about what you do. It's about what He has done. Do you know your right standing in God is no different when you're, every, when you're doing everything good and it's, than when you're doing everything wrong? I know you don't hear many people tell you that, but that's the truth. The reason people don't tell you that is because they're afraid that you're going to go out those doors and do whatever you want. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the good news is, is that your salvation, your relationship with God, is not based on you at all. It's based on Jesus. And you are the righteousness of God. You are, the holiness, you are true, uh, perfect and in true holiness in Christ Jesus, no matter how you act. You're thinking, why am I sitting here then? We'll get to that. And this, so this lack of understanding causes this, this emotional roller coaster up and down Christianity. And religion loves feelings too. Religion loves emotions too. Why do people love emotions and feelings? Because they can be manipulated. Christians like this they see themselves as sinful they see themselves as contaminated they see themselves as good for nothing hopeless and worthless because that's how they think God sees them but it says that those who are in Christ have been made perfect forever Forever. In Proverbs chapter, this is no, this is not Proverbs. I'm sorry. Um, let me read it, and hopefully it'll come to my mind what, what scripture reference this is. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is Romans, and this is not this is not your own doing. It is a it is the gift of God. Did you hear what it said there? We are saved. Through faith, by grace, through faith, and this has nothing to do with you. It is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Our spirits are God's workmanship. It was created in Christ Jesus for good works. And this was done by God's grace. It is not based on something that we have done. Nor is it dependent on our personal purity or holiness. Even when we sin, we are accepted by God. He does not stop loving us, 
we are still holy, we are still pure, we are still accepted in Him. Our spirits cannot be stained by our sin. So the natural knee-jerk reaction is, so are you saying it doesn't matter how I live? I can just live any way that I want because God still accepts me. See, this goes back to the teaching of Gnosticism. I told you that there was two views of Gnosticism. One view was you have to shun all pleasures. Well, this view of Gnosticism taught that everything in the flesh is evil, everything in the spirit is good, your flesh cannot taint the spirit, so you can worship God in the spirit, and you can do all the wrong things you want in the flesh. See, these are the same, these are the same things we teach today. There are those that say that we can't enjoy life because all, all physical things are evil, and then there's people that say, well, we're saved by grace, and it's not of our works, so we can live any way we want because it's, it's, it makes grace abound even more. There, there are people that teach that, that what you do at all doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. It does matter. Look at how Paul addresses this in Romans. In Romans. Man, my, this is. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness? You can tell that I wasn't paying too much attention when I was making these slides up. Do you, do you, did you see what that just said, though? It says, do you not know that, it, that who you present yourselves obedient slaves to? You are either slaves to obey either sin, which leads to what? Death. Or, obedi- or, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Sin leads to death. Why does God not want you to sin? Because it will kill you. It will kill your relationships. It will kill your finances. It will kill your health. It will kill your mental state. And it will destroy you. It will take you to hell. Even though our spirits are still righteous, if we choose to live in sin, we are giving sin itself access to us. You become a slave. Remember when I talked about feelings are good, Emotions are good. Pleasure is good. Just as long as they're not your master. As long as they're not your master. So if we choose to live in sin, we are giving sin the authority to be our master. And sin brings death. Sin is a sickness sickness, and it always leads to destruction. Sin will not affect how God sees us, but it will affect how we see ourselves. And it will affect how we see God. We need to live in accordance to our righteousness because we also have souls and bodies 
to maintain. You are a steward of your body. You are a steward of your mind. Our emotions are in the soulish realm. So if we choose to live in sin, we're going to give sin access to our emotions and to our bodies. You will end up living a miserable life even though our spirits are sanctified and made perfect in the eyes of God. So do you understand that? I mean, do you understand this? You can, you can have all the pleasures of the world and be miserable. Look at Hollywood. I, I, I've shared this many times too, but ESPN, I don't even know if they have it still, they had a magazine. And I'm not a, I'm not a sports person, but I was in a gas station. This was back when Deion Sanders, remember Deion Sanders? Neon Deion. You know, he played baseball, played football. He big showboat, all of this stuff. And I had a football. And a, he was on the cover of ESPN magazine. He had a football in one hand. He had a Bible in the other hand. Great big, huge gold, gold necklace with a great big diamond cross on it. And it says, Dion has seen the light. And I thought to myself, what in the world is this guy? This was before social media. Now you see all this stuff. I thought, what in the world has this guy got to say? So I bought the magazine. They got me. They, they played with my emotions. And I... I I bought the magazine and I read it. And it was his testimony. It was his testimony how in his life he had everything. He had multiple cars, multiple homes. You know, watches that cost more than a lot of our homes. Right? He, he talked about he's had one woman, two women, three women. He had all of this stuff. And it says that he tried to commit suicide twice. Sin leads to death. The reason why God does not want us to sin is not because He wants your party to end. It's because He wants your party to go on forever. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. We are free to fellowship with God. We can come to the throne of God with confidence. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. We can get rid of our, our guilt. We can get rid of our condemnation. Not by denying that they exist. Not by saying that it, it doesn't matter. But by becoming a new person in Christ. Even when we sin, we can go to the Father and thank Him that I am still righteous. In His sight. Because of what Jesus has done. This, my friends, is true repentance. True repentance is not whining. It's not crying. It's not pleading. It's not begging. It's changing your mind. That I no longer see myself as an old sinner. I no longer see myself in Adam. I no longer see myself in my guilt, my shame, my condemnation. I no longer see myself as in sin. But I see myself as a new creation. I see myself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I see myself as holy. I see myself made perfect. And I live accordingly. I live accordingly. Even when we sin, we can go to the Father. And we can say that we, we can thank Him that we are righteous, that we're pure. Not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done.
In Galatians 5.16 it says, But I say, walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When we learn to walk in the Spirit, when we learn to walk in the Spirit, we will not be controlled by our emotions. We will not be controlled by our feelings. We will not be controlled by our lusts. Walking in the Spirit is not about being weird. When, when I say be spiritual, a lot of people's minds go to like some crazy places. I heard one person that during worship, they go, he'd go in the corner and stand on his head and they thought that was being spiritual. We've seen some, a lot of weird stuff and called it spiritual. That's why so many people don't want to be spiritual. It says, walking in the Spirit, what does that mean? It simply is believing what God's Word says about who you are in Christ and being led by the inward witness that is constantly revealing to you the revelation of who you are in Christ. That's what it means to be spiritual. To agree with who you are in the Spirit. To agree with the new creation realities. To agree with the Word of God. To agree that God is in you and He's leading you and guiding you and you are dependent on Him. Through the renewing of our mind, this revelation of who you are in the Christ will become the way you think and the way that you see yourself and the way that you act towards yourself and towards others. You know, we have an epidemic with teenagers today with suicide. See, when I say act towards yourself, if, 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 if you truly knew that you were the beloved of God, if you truly knew that you were a new creation in Christ Jesus, that you were the righteousness of God, that you were made perfect, that, that, that true love lives within you, how could you ever want to snuff that out? It's an identity crisis. It's people being controlled by their feelings and emotions rather than who they are in Christ Jesus. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The Scripture tells us that, that in reality, in your, in your spirit, in your, um, that this is who you are in your spirit. This is the reality right here. In your emotions, you may not feel love. Ever felt not loved? But the Spirit and the Word says that your Spirit is love. Now what are you going to do about that truth? Have you ever felt depressed? Well, it says that your born again Spirit is joy. What are you going to do with that truth? What will reign over your life? Are you going to let your feelings rule you or the new creation rule you? This is what it means to die to the flesh. It's not dying to the flesh is not avoiding all pleasures of life. Dying to the flesh is when you're tempted 
to choose to be anxious, when you're tempted to choose to be angry, when you're tempted to be depressed, to be feel condemned, but you choose instead to resist the temptation by faith and live out the reality that you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That that's the real you. Do you see that? Do you see how your feelings and how your emotions and how the things of this world are constantly trying to manipulate and control you and lead you into a place that you don't want to go? Colossians 3.15, we're coming in for a landing. I know I'm long. Colossians 3.15 tells us to let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So we're supposed to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And we all need to mature in this. We need to learn to distinguish between the things of the flesh and the things of the Spirit. This is what it means to walk in the Spirit. When you are conflicted with your feelings and the truth of Christ, you've got to consider the options that are being put before you. If you have worry, fear, anxiety within, that's the flesh. That's the flesh. It's trying to control you. It's cr- trying to cripple you. It's trying to paralyze you. It's trying to keep you immovable. It's, it's, it's trying to get you to react in a certain way that will not be beneficial for you. But if you have peace within, a peace that you may not understand, a peace that may not make sense to you, a peace that you may not be able to prove to anyone else, that's the Spirit. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of everything that's going on outside of you, you have the ability to have peace in that moment. And we need to learn to hear the voice of the Spirit, the truth of the Spirit, renewing our minds through the Word of God rather than constantly being tossed to and fro by our feelings and emotions. Look at how the Amplified Bible amplifies Colossians 3.15. Look at this. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ's rule, Act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and setting with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one body, you are also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Peace is to be your umpire. It's to, it, your, peace is supposed to let you be the one that tells you if you're going the right direction or not going the right direction. We are to live by peace. Now you might have questions, and you might not have 100 be experiencing 100 percent peace in you. And the reason is is because we haven't trained ourselves to be 100 percent tuned to the Spirit. For a lot of you, this might be brand new. You've never heard this before. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're all on a journey. And we're not supposed to look at one another and judge ourselves according to their journey. 
We're supposed to judge ourselves in Christ. Right? We need to learn to walk in the Spirit in a greater and greater way. We need to learn to have our ears tuned to that still small voice that's within us. Because once you learn to acknowledge that peace in every situation, it will rule. It will rule over all circumstances. We need to let it overcome, the peace of God overcome any objection to who we are in Christ. We are to let it be our umpire. We are to let peace have its final say in our lives. When you follow peace, you will be following the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit, and as we walk in the as we walk in the in the peace of God, excuse me, and as and as we do, it will start making an awesome effect in our lives. To let peace rule who you are. It might be the end of this series today, but it should just be the beginning of the rest of your life. Learning to walk in fellowship in partnership with the Spirit of God. To no longer be controlled by your feelings, but be reigning over your emotion. You need to continue to meditate on these truths. You start, need to start seeing yourself in the new creation realities. I mean, one of the simplest ways to do this is open up to the book of Romans. Start from Romans, go all the way the Revelation, and look for the in Him. Wherever it says in Him. And see who you are in Him. It'll change your life. Because you need to see yourself in the mirror. You need to see who you are in Christ Jesus. You need to start identifying with who you are in Christ. Esteeming Him on the inside, and recognizing that He has given you control over your emotions. When you do, you will live in peace of mind and, and be filled with rejoicing and joy and be filled with glo- the glory of God and be manifest more and more of, of the new creation realities in your life as children of God. And the heaven and earth will come together and manifest God's kingdom. We don't have to be controlled by our feelings. We're living in a culture that is constantly telling us that you are what you feel. We cannot be manipulated. We cannot be deceived. But we need to awaken to the truth that is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.